1: Thank you for joining us for the Mighty Main Street Business Show every Sunday from 11 a.m. to noon. We're interviewing our resilient small business communities in Salt Lake County and across the state of Utah. These are the folks creating our jobs and driving Utah's market. They develop our main streets that support the vibrancy of our tourist economy and where we as locals also enjoy dining and shopping. This business program is underwritten by CEO Caitlin Eskelson with Visit Salt Lake and the Managing Director of Utah Office of Tourism, Vicki Varilla. I have Missy Grice with me. This is the owner of Public Coffee. And, Missy, I am so looking forward to talking to you today. I have had a chance uh, since I live in the Ninth and Ninth District to watch your remarkable growth. And uh, I followed your other operations as well. And especially with the model that you had where you're serving incredible coffee, wonderful breakfast, food, lunch. And then also you had space that people could rent out. Um, and this is this is how your This was your business model before COVID hit. So, Missy, how are things going now? I noticed that Ninth and Ninth is open. And uh, tell me what's going on with Publix Coffee now.
2: Yeah, so Public is a collection of four locations. Um, Public, our flagship on West Temple, is the home to our roastery and also houses a cafe and meeting rooms. And when you're talking about spaces to rent out, we have three meeting rooms there that we rented out. And then we also have a 4,000-square-foot event venue, public space. So um, you can imagine we kind of got hit from every direction. Um, as far as being able to generate revenue and be open. Um, But our restaurant on 9th and 9th, Public Kitchen, and our Public Coffee House in the Avenues, which is on 3rd Ave and G Street, those are both open for takeout, and we reopened those in September. We were actually closed to customers for 168 days, Chris. Did you (laughs) really? Yeah, we... um, We thought going into it in March that it would be probably 30 or 45 days. And it just, science watching trends. And really for me, it was talking to local experts, public health experts, asking about safety, safety for the community, safety for our employees. But really we just, we found throughout the month of April and then into May that we were just gonna take a stand on community safety and keeping our employees safe. And part of that came from, um, pretty quickly we had a couple employees lose family members to COVID. Oh, and so no. it, it hit us, it hit us quickly and it came really close to home. So we, we just protected, um, them and also the community, but you know, the data was all over the place and the cases were rising and, you know, the, the flattening of the curve just never seemed to come, um, and it was, it was easy for us to see how we could maintain viability by just allowing the roastery to open, which we did in May. And we did a lot of online sales. We even did some pickup orders. We manipulated the sizes of the bags that we normally off- offer for retail to include two-pound and five-pound bags, which are typically for wholesale. But we were really just kind of impacted in every direction because a lot of our wholesale accounts were closed. And like, for example, we do the coffee for the training facility at the Utah Jazz, at their facility, so they were closed. So even opening the roastery and selling coffee, we, we didn't have a lot of ability to generate revenue. And we had closed our event venue. We had to refund over 50 events In 2020, a lot of those people, I mean, weddings or corporate events, everybody was very understanding. And we just refunded everybody in full as fast as we could, paid all of our bills in the month of May. And I just needed to know that we were neutral, you know, like I knew we would reopen and I just wanted to be in a position where we knew exactly where we stood financially and we had taken care of our employees And we did those two things. And so to reopen for takeout was the best choice for us. And we're really hopeful that we can get our patios open for some seating in the coming week. We'll still probably do takeout, but people can at least enjoy sitting outside. And we didn't do that last year. We really stuck strictly to takeout. And then I'm hopeful that in June, somewhere in June, we'll get some doors open and um, get back to business. Boy, I
1: tell you, um, that's been quite an adventure, Missy, to put it mildly. You know what really impresses me about you besides so many things is that they're saying right now with leadership, you know, before it was be highly competitive or that you have vision and focus, and they're saying right now the number one driver in leadership right now is empathy. Which you certainly have the other driver right now in leadership in business, not just in the United States but globally, is social sensitivity, and you have that as well. I mean, you have that in spades it's just and you know what's so cool about this, Missy is that you're also going to inspire loyalty from your um not just your not just your employees but especially your employees but also your your customers and it's because all these things is what motivated you as a leader. That's transformational leadership. I'm so impressed. Uh, I can tell that... You're very kind. (laughs) No, you know what? It's true, though, because I can tell that you're inclusive, you're transparent, you're honest. And these are all the characteristics that are leading out right now um, in the United States in leadership. And you've got that. And look at your social sensitivity. I mean, you know, all it took is that... Uh, one of your employees had uh, this happen to a family member, and it, it heartened you to the point where, I mean, and I have seen you closed. I mean, I because I drive by it all the time, and I really just, I'm just so impressed with your commitment all the way around. That's just remarkable to me. Wow, well,
2: thank you. I just, I mean, I don't do this alone, and my general manager, Joe Gee, is a strategist of the, of the highest. I mean, I have the highest regard for this man, and we haven't missed a beat the entire time. We have not had a disagreement about timing or strategy or the model with which we were going to provide service. Our company culture was really strong, and we didn't lay anyone off. Um, People left, you know, for different reasons, some good and some just basically necessity, but we couldn't provide them the hours. But our company culture has remained intact and it's just kind of reinforced who we are and how we work together. But I don't do this alone, Chris, this, this sense of, you know, social obligation, social responsibility, empathy, that comes from all of the people that work at public. Like we're a family and, and those are our values.
1: Well, I think it's clear, boy, I'm telling you, Missy, I, you know, and I was so looking forward to this interview because I have watched your fight And as I said, you're a real business warrior. I mean, you have not given up on any of this. Um, What kind of support did you get, either federally or locally, to help your business?
2: You know, straight out of the gate, we were one of the lucky people that qualified for the Salt Lake City grant. I believe that was $10,000. And that right there, just it sounds crazy because it's such a small amount of money, but it was a huge amount of money to us at the time where we were refunding venue rentals. And that cash, you know, we were using to pay bills and pay vendors and trying to create, you know, an ecosystem where the dairy was getting paid and the bread guys, the more jam. I mean, everybody locally, right? And and even the bigger people. But we, um, we were able to easily procure PPP money. So the payroll protection plan, and that was 60% for labor, 40% for rent. We worked with KeyBank. I have to give them a plug. I've never worked with such professionals, and they made it so easy. Um, But the city and then um, our federal funding through PPP. And then the other thing that we got to do, Chris, that was really cool, is we were able to participate with a program called Nourish to Flourish. And we were brought on to provide 100 meals each weekday, so 500 meals a week for neighborhood house and it was the labor for the two people that it kept employed throughout the week and all of the food costs were covered. So public didn't generate revenue through that, but it was able to keep two people employed September through February. Doing that program. Yeah. So that was a County funded program. I know the County gave about $450,000, I believe, and then some private donations. And I think there are about 10 or 11 restaurants doing that and about 15 or 20 receiving entities. So Neighborhood House was who we were partnered with. So that was amazing to be able to provide meals for those children that are normally fed when you're in school or at these after-school programs. I mean, incredible. So that was another way that we were supported was Salt Lake County's grant through that.
1: Boy, there's a shout out for Salt Lake County, isn't there? That's great leadership. Um, You know, you're brought to us by Visit Salt Lake, who along with Utah Office of Tourism, they're underwriting this program, and they and it's kind of traditional candidly. And it was in May of last year that they could see what was going on with small business. And uh, so Vicky Varela and Caitlin Eskelson, who are friends and also leaders of these organizations, stepped up together and supported this mighty Main Street to be able to support small business and tell their story. And the timing of it was absolutely critical and so important. And so I love hearing this about Salt Lake County because that is uh, – that's a very important initiative in supporting Salt Lake County with Visit Salt Lake. Hey, Missy, hang on for just one minute. We'll be right back. I have Missy Grice with me with Publix Coffee. Check out today's business interview using the KSL News Radio app or at KSLnewsRadio.com. Just click on podcast. More stories on Mighty Main Street here on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM.
0: I'm Dave Cawley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold.